learn to tell our story, to build our personal brand, and then continuously to provide the highest highest quality of the work. And I think if you can do this, I really believe you're going to have a very successful career in Canada. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Podcast, a show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Ojeinka. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Who Are You, who is a managing partner at Level 5 Strategy. On today's episode, Hua shared the importance of sponsorship, how to cultivate a good mentor-mentee relationship, and much more. Please help me in welcoming Who Are You. Thank you for joining me on the show today. And I'm really, really excited about all the things we'll be talking about, ranging from your journey to Canada to some of the challenges you've you've had, and also your advice to people who may be trying to pursue a career similar to yours, and several other things that I can't wait for us to uncover in today's episode. So let's get right into um, into it for the time we have together. So to kickstart our conversation, you have many firsts in your professional resume. The first minority minority woman to make partner in a leading management consulting firm. Among the first to introduce wine coolers to the Chinese consumers, what motivated you to start We Working Women six years ago and now a platform with more than 100,000 members across the globe? Well, first of all, David, thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I have listened to several episodes, um, the podcast episodes in the past, and it was very impressive. And congratulations. I think you have made 50 episodes now, right? Yes, 52 actually now. Yeah, I saw the LinkedIn post. You have made 50 episodes. So um, for somebody who has run We Working Woman for a long time, I understand the uh, the hard work yes. and consistency you have put behind all those numbers. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so um, it's interesting um, when, when I start to do something, I actually never thought about I was going to be the first um, it's, it's truly a very interesting uh, life journey of following my instinct. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think pursuing my interest is very, um, it, it's very important and always providing the highest quality of the work and understanding the importance of the sponsorship and mentorship in the workplace. Um, so now I look back, I, uh, I joined the management consulting firm Level 5 Strategy uh, 17 years ago. And uh, I have to use the word accidentally become a managing a management consultant. And uh, I, I said the word accidentally because uh, I honestly, from the beginning, I wasn't sure at all what consulting is. All I know is actually I have to follow uh, David Kincaid, who is one of the most respected brand strategists in Canada and whom eventually become my mentor and my friend. So, um, Working uh, as a management consultant is truly a very interesting experience. Um, and especially for me, someone as a female consultant, and I was born in China, um, during the, this whole process, my, my, my career journey, it really made me realize two important things. One is, in the most cases, consulting business is customized 
to providing professional service to big, to bigger corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the past 10 years, um, in the meantime, during the past 10 years, I have met so many entrepreneurs and many of them are female leaders, the female mm-hmm. founders, mm-hmm. and they all need this kind of help to help them to create their visions and goals and help them to build brand strategy, understand their consumer insights, build the go-to-market strategy. And uh, and then the problem is the majority of them have no fundings to afford any consulting work. As a matter of fact, I just had a conversation with a lady uh, who owns eight spas in, in Toronto just a few just a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. And she just exactly laid out the same thing I just said. She need a brand strategy. Mm-hmm. She need a brand story. Mm-hmm. She need a marketing strategy, but she mm-hmm. cannot afford a big consulting firm to help her to do those kind of work. Mm-hmm. So I always feel there is a big market gap there that mm-hmm. needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. And uh, second is really why I was working very hard to achieve my career goals and eventually become a, a, a managing partner. I constantly find that I was the only Chinese woman attending the meetings and networking events in my own field. Mm-hmm. And I, I was always, always craving to meet like-minded Chinese professionals who can also understand the opportunities and the challenges. Um, and I'm always, you know, the same kind of opportunities and challenges I am facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can share the story to each other. Mm-hmm. And we can learn from each other and then we can exchange notes and help each other. Mm-hmm. But as you know, on the Bay Street, you can always join like Women Executive Network, mm-hmm. Women in Capital Market. Mm-hmm. But those kind of platforms, however, there is no organization in Toronto at the time. I feel like I am belonging to. Mm-hmm. So um, interestingly, in the winter of 2015, I asked my friend Sherry Zhang to go mm-hmm. to Cuba with me. Mm-hmm. So on the beach of Cuba, we have nothing to do. So the idea of building a Chinese woman platform that can support each other. So that idea just naturally was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally on the beach, mm-hmm. we were drawing the notes, we were putting all together the ideas. Um, and then in October, uh, 2015, mm-hmm. uh, the WeWorking Woman WeChat blog was officially launched. And at the time was only, um, I have to say like a few subscribers. Mm-hmm. And now six years later, we have over 100, 100,000 of, um, we have over 100,000 subscribers mm-hmm. and it's becoming Canada's leading community platform, uh, support global Chinese women's capabilities and showcase their influence. Um, so I, I ha- uh, since 2015, We Working Women has created many, many, many unique and affordable programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have, I want to emphasize the word affordable because I was talking about consulting, you know, how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. So we actually, through We Working Woman platform, we create so many affordable programs to help those entrepreneur uh, females to reach their potentials and support their entrepreneurship and leadership and uh, help them to, to, to grow. And, uh, and then because We Working Woman is a media platform, so we also have profiled hundreds of female professionals and entrepreneurs. And then uh, most of our articles will generate millions of social media views and, and reposts. Um, so I think, you know, why people keep asking me why you think the organic growth of we, we Working Women platform is so impressive. And I, I have to say, those are the five things I wanna, I wanna, I wanna express, uh, I, I wanna contribute. 
One is the solid audience foundation, because mm-hmm. we do have a hundred thousand subscribers. And the second is really a clear brand promise, mm-hmm. because when people, especially in the Chinese community, when they talk about the We Working Woman, they instantly know what that brand means to all of them. Mm-hmm. And then number three is I said, you know, as I mentioned in the um, I, I I just mentioned, it's really the relevant and affordable programs and content. Mm-hmm. Number four is results, 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 because nobody will spend any cent if I cannot help them to achieve results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, we become a non-for-profit organization and mm-hmm. accept the donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the last one is really the strong social impact. Mm-hmm. Together, you know, we we lead all those Chinese women together to integrate to the Canadian culture and the Canadian society, mm-hmm. and. We Support many non-for-profit organizations, and we do things together. We we make we 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 try to do more things to to make such a strong social impact. So I think you know, as the slogan of we 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 working women together, we do achieve, we empower, and we impact. You you said a lot of very interesting things. You you spoke about um, understanding the importance of mentorship and sponsorship. You also spoke about following your instincts and interests. You spoke extensively about um, how We Working Women came to be and what you have been able to achieve over the years. Now, let's talk about the parts where you spoke about following your instincts and your interests. Um, Because a lot of people, especially immigrants, they also want to follow their interests. They want to follow their instincts. But there are several obstacles that may be standing in their way, which include, you know, getting a good job that is commensurate to their skill sets for the internationally trained professionals. For the international students, most of them want to get a job that would, you know, get them the opportunity to eventually become a permanent resident and then becoming a citizen of Canada. So as a result of that, so many people settle for you know any job that that you know as long as it's going to get me my permanent residency i just need the job right now and so some of them get stuck in you know jobs that they are not very excited about so what do you say to to those people who also want to those immigrants who also want to follow their passion go for their follow their instincts and also go for their interests what what do you say to them this is a very, very good question because we have done all different kinds of things uh, back to our own country. Um, so be- just for example, before I came to North America, I actually um, I actually had a really good job um, in Seagram, China. I don't know if you still remember Seagram. Seagram is a Canadian liquor company. And at one point, they are the largest uh, liquor company in the whole world. Wow. Um, so when I graduated from university uh, in Shanghai, I my first job was working for Seagram's Wine Cooler mm-hmm. and basically launching the Seagram's Wine Cooler in the China market. And uh, um, and then there is no such category uh, in the China market at that time. So we basically developed a whole new category and launched the Seagram's Wine Cooler. So in, in obviously in China, I have achieved a lot when, when I was still a very young age. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then you, you brought this kind of ambitious and the passions and the hope and excitement when you moved to North America. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when you came to New York City, I actually didn't come to Canada first. I went to New York first. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came to New York City, I went to study. 
I even called my old colleagues in Seagram. And, the, the, you know, when, when I was working for Seagram, everybody was so eager to meet me mm-hmm. because I was some, somebody in Shanghai Seagram. But then now my, my status has changed. I was from an, a colleague to an international student in New York. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, people's attitude towards me are changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have to really accept this kind of a psychological transition. Um, if you are, you, know, you are somebody in your own country, and then you came to North America, to, came to a different country, if you're becoming just, you know, nobody, you know, mm-hmm, instantly. Mm-hmm. That kind of psychological mindset is very, very important. And one other thing is I, as I said, I moved to U- U.S. first. So I only had $1,000 in my pocket mm-hmm. at the time. And I arrived in New York City. I paid my rent. I deposit mm-hmm. the, uh, I paid the, the rent and deposit in Queens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I have only $400 left. Wow. So, so I told myself I have to work. Mm-hmm. And the next day I just purchased the newspaper, look at the ad. And I was like, okay, the only job left for me to do is Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I went directly to, to do the interviews in the Chinese restaurant. And mm-hmm. then I started work, working as a, as a waitress. Mm-hmm. So I was doing, handling all the Seagram's wine cooler launch in China. And then I went to a small restaurant in Long Island mm-hmm. and starting to serve everybody. So mm-hmm. that can, again, that kind of psychological shift, you really have to have to handle really well. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, not back to, uh, not look back, all those kind of life experience in my past, all those uh, hard life, the challenging experience at the time, I have to say it all becoming my, my, my biggest assets. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, in the later stage, I move on to a professional career and do, do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in all of those kind of experience has allowed me to become who I am right now. Wow, that's interesting. Thank you so much for, for sharing that, you know, part of your journey with us. And um, it's interesting how far you have come from someone who was doing fant- very well in their career to someone who now have to start all over again and having to work at, at a restaurant. So, um, and look at where you are today. I would uh, we'll uncover more of, you know, your journey as, as we go along. Um, yeah. So, Can I, sorry, Dave, I have to say why I say only $1,000. It was early 90s. China was very poor. China was not the China right, right now. <laughs> 30 years later, China becoming the second strongest economy in, in the world. Mm-hmm. But in the early 90s, China was very, very poor. So if I can have 1,000 US dollar, I still spend a lot of time and efforts to collect that $1,000. <laughs> that's, that's, thank you so much for, for, for yeah. putting that in context. And that's, that's really interesting. Um, so let's talk about your journey to Canada. What were your hopes for your new life when you moved to Canada? Um, I think it would be the similar kind of thing uh, I experienced in, in the U.S. Um, although there's so, I was talking about the challenges, right? The, uh, I went to, I, become, I was from a marketing executive to a waitress in the Japanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I have nobody um, uh, in, in New York City uh, when mm-hmm. I first arrived. All my former colleagues, they instantly look at me like, who the hell is she now, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, in addition to that, but I have to say, I really, really, really enjoyed in New York City. Um, it partially because it was early 90s. Mm-hmm. When I was in New York, China was still very much behind. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the New York experience really opened, opened the whole new world to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have that feeling when you walk um, on Times Square, when you see the neons, when you see the lightings, when you mm-hmm. see the people, mm-hmm. it gives you certain feelings. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like I feel liberated and mm-hmm. I feel the freedom and I feel the excitement. And then honestly, look at those New York City. I'm like, I can achieve anything. I can achieve my dreams here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the same um, the same kind of experience I, I had in New York City, I think when I moved to Canada, it's almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I moved to Canada is because for immigration reasons, the two countries share lots of similarities. Toronto is a very exciting place as well. Mm-hmm. So every time you, you come to a new place, you, you, you somehow had those, those excitement and the dreams about what I can, what would be my next chapter in, mm-hmm. in that, that place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. But, but can you tell us like the, the difficult parts of coming here, like some of the challenges that, that you face when you, you came to Canada? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, first, it's really uh, the huge psychological mind shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, in China, I was in charge of Seagram's operations and the marketing. And all of a sudden, I was in this little Japanese restaurant in Lion, Long Island wearing kimono. I, I don't know if you know the Japanese, uh, you know, that, that kimono. Mm-hmm. And serving the food to the customers. So you can imagine the huge mind shift. Mm-hmm. It really takes some time for me to grab, to eventually get used to it. Mm-hmm somehow not only get used to it and be content of mm-hmm. what I'm doing mm-hmm. because I think it's part of the life, life journey. You just have to accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, second is really about miss my family and my friends in China. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if anybody know that. Back to the early 90s, we don't have any social media platforms in China mm-hmm. uh, like Facebook, like WeChat, and we don't have e- we don't even have emails at, at that time. Mm-hmm. So my family did not even own a phone at home. Mm-hmm. So every time I, I have to call my mom, I would have to call the telephone booths in, 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 in nearby our condo, our mm-hmm. apartment in China, mm-hmm. and then ask the people who working in the telephone booths to let my mom know. Mm-hmm. And then she would come down from the condo and then to the phone booths and talking to me. Wow. So it was so challenging to even talking to my family back to those days. Mm-hmm. I don't think kids... These days, will never understand what I'm just saying here. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, I only can call my mom maybe every quarter because it's so inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So we cannot write a letter. We don't have emails, no social media. You talk to your family quarterly. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, uh, that's something else, you know, it's a huge challenge for me at that time. Wow. And the third one is to overcome the, uh, the cultural differences mm-hmm. and learn and I think that's the part that's important is learn how to find my own voice and confidence in in any new country I think mm-hmm. so um, while I was working in the Japanese restaurant I was also studying in New York Institute of Technology mm-hmm. and then I was very lucky enough to get a job right after I graduated from NYIT mm-hmm. and then started to work for a very high level private equity firm in New York mm-hmm. as their analyst Mm-hmm. So it was a great opportunity, a great job, and lots of learning opportunities. But at the time, I was so young, and it was my first job working in a new country. And uh, um, 
And then, I, you know, I was talking about the importance of having mentors. Mm-hmm. It is true. At that time, I don't have any mentors and I don't have any coach to help me to navigate this ups and downs of the professional world in, mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I constantly feel like myself, I'm not doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just really had a very tough time in those years. And, uh, and, that's, again, and that's the reason I eventually quit the job in the U.S. and moved to Canada. So I think in summary, it's really about the psychological shift. Mm-hmm. You miss your family, your friends, because mm-hmm. you can be alone. Mm-hmm. And then the third is the cultural thing. The cultural differences is so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what was the early days like for you when you moved to Canada? Hmm. I think in Canada, um, because I have stayed in the U.S. already for mm-hmm. 10 years before I moved to Canada, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a huge, uh, it wasn't a huge change for me um, mm-hmm. because the two countries, as I said, they share a lot of similarities. Um, of, of course, the Canadians are much nicer and more genuine <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and well-mannered than 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 the American, but culturally, I would say it shared a lot of similarities. So it wasn't really um, a lot of challenges for me when I moved from the US to Canada. The challenge for me, of course, is to find a job right away um, because I I was doing the private equity uh, firm in the US mm-hmm. and then I came to Canada. Again, you have to find your job, right? The first mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then interestingly, 20 years ago, when I first came to Canada, there are not many people from mainland China. Chinese community is nev- is not nearly as big as we are right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially people who speak Mandarin, who's from mainland China. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was very, you know, in the very early group of the immigrants who came from mainland China mm-hmm. and speak Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you went, to, you went to try to find a job and then people would say, okay, what is your experience in China? It doesn't matter an- anymore. Mm-hmm. You literally have to start from zero again. Mm-hmm. So this is the third time in my experience because I go to the third country, I have to start from the zero again. And I think this is the most difficult and most challenging part is for me to, again, one more time, start from ground, a ground level again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's something very interesting that you said at the latter part of, of, your, of your statement, which is, mm-hmm. You said you literally had to start from ground zero again. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by starting from ground zero? Do you have to start? Do you mean that you start? You have to start from the lowest cadre of the of your industry, or you started midway? Or what? What do you mean by ground zero? Oh, so I actually, <laughs> I was doing the analyst job for private equity firm. As I said, this company, this firm was actually very, very uh, high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of uh, celebrities, um, the political figures, um, you name it at that time, mm-hmm. I would see them in, in, in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that level, I, I came to Canada. I went, I become a temp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my first job in Canada was temping at, at RBC. Mm-hmm. So I temped for two weeks and then I went to another temp job um, for uh, about two weeks. So I just, I was just like basically temping, you know, uh, in, in, on Bay Street from mm-hmm. companies to companies to company <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, until I, uh, I, I worked for a company called Jeff Simbro Associates Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of the largest pharmaceutical agency in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I started to settle down. <laughs> 
And from there, I met uh, David Kincaid, who who has been my mentor and my mm -hmm. friend for a long time. Mm -hmm. Wow! Thank thank you so much. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Um, we're going to talk about David's impacts on your career journey um, next because you've emphasized on the importance of mentorship and sponsorship a couple of times um, since we started this conversation. So tell us, what, who are the people who have been most influential to your personal and professional journey since you moved to Canada? Um, you've emphasized about, you've mentioned about David. Maybe you might want to share with us how that relationship evolved into a mentorship relationship. How, how did that happen? And who are some of the people who have been influential to your personal and professional journey? Yeah, absolutely. David Kincaid is, um, is the most influential people to me since I came to Canada. Um, but no, it wasn't like that. Hi, David Kincaid. <laughs> My name is Hua. So um, let me just uh, uh, let me just introduce everybody to the, about David Kincaid first. So David is one of the most well-known business leaders in Canada, and he's the one of the marketing hall of legends. Um, and then, of course, founder of Level Five uh, Strategy, the firm I am now proud to be part of. Uh, part of the firm. Mm -hmm. So. Um, David and I, how do we met? Okay, how do we meet? <laughs> um, David and I was, as I said, I was working for this advertising agency, um, mm -hmm. Jeff Simbro Associates Inc. Uh, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, David was one of my clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was working uh, for him on the Labatt project. At the time, he was the chief marketing officer for Labatt, mm -hmm. uh, Labatt Canada, and he manages about 200 different brands, uh, the beer brands in Canada and globally. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I was working for him on, on the Labatt marketing training program. Mm -hmm. And ever since we just met, we, we met and then somehow we just know each other, we connected. Mm -hmm. And eventually, uh, when Dave set up, uh, when when Dave funded Level Five, mm -hmm. he was asking me if I want to join. I say, of course, I want to join. I mm -hmm. just want to follow you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I met Dave, and that's why Dave and I have met each other for almost twenty five years now. Mm -hmm. And he truly has become my mentor, my boss, and my friend. And then I have to say, he made such a big impact in my professional journey. Um, I think one thing important for me to say is, I think he uncovered my potential. He realized I, I have this much potential even before I realized I have mm -hmm. that potential by myself, mm -hmm. which is really, really rare. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example. Um, mm -hmm. Like many years ago, I was, I was never good at public speaking. And I always have a lot of anxieties when I mm -hmm. speak to people. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I first joined the management consulting firm, of course, you know, we are client facing. We always have to talk to our clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was so shy and I was so afraid of talking. And and uh, and Dave, you know, uh, he's always trying to encourage me to speak up and mm -hmm. give me the feedback. Mm -hmm. So slowly, um, I my confidence of speaking up uh, slowly. I, I have them now. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I have to say, um, after 20 years, I'm still having, I still sometimes have to overcome those anxiety. Mm -hmm. But I think the encouragement and guidance in those earlier days at least make me aware that I can improve and I can speak as good as anybody who was born in Canada, whose English is also first language, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, and I'm not the only one in the entire in, in the room that may have the issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here I want to mention, you know, the news about tennis tennis star mm-hmm. Naomi Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. So Naomi quit the French Open, right? Because uh, a few days ago, because he, she has this anxiety issue talking mm-hmm. to the press. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do think people, um, you know, it's interesting because you are a management consultant. Mm-hmm. So people have certain expectation about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and people always expect you, you have to sound and behave in a certain perfect way. Mm-hmm. But nobody really 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 understand not everybody is good at being confident and positive and perfect at all time right all yeah. the time yeah because if behind those confident face it could be a lot of personal struggles and mm-hmm. challenges to meet this kind of expectations mm-hmm. so i think for david he understand and help me to overcome those challenge become uber uber important mm-hmm. and i think i really really think dave has been playing this critical role and almost a cheerleader along my career Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that has been a huge huge help. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, that's that's interesting to hear. Um, you you spoke about one example of how he helped you to, you know, get to overcome the fear of public speaking. Can you give us an example of the first time you maybe threw you into the deep of you know a particular um, issue? Like how did it do it? like a practical way that it did that for you. You mean how I overcome the anxiety? Yes, yes. And how David played a role, like an example of maybe he gave you a platform to speak or something like, you know. Yeah, he, well, I think the, the, the a lot of times what he did, it, what he did was really allow me to have opportunity to speak. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when we, I don't know, in the corporate world, especially like, uh, strategy team, management consultant. We this this is a room full of people who want to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they can they can outshine each other like this. You know, this is like yeah. a ping pong game, right? You yeah. have one board, you have people just go back and forth talking about it. Yeah. So it's a very competitive and a very ambitious, high A personality. Mm-hmm. So he actually created this opportunity for me to speak in a safer environment. So mm-hmm. he would say, everybody. Just come, just be quiet, let Hua express her opinion. So rather I have to try to insert myself into the conversation. He mm-hmm. creates those kind of opportunities for me mm-hmm. and then encourage me to speak up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important. It makes me feel, you know, I'm part of it. It makes me um, don't feel like I'm I, I left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, it also gave me, as I said, a safe kind of, tone and vibe and environment allow mm-hmm. me to express what my thinking is mm-hmm. and then Thank afterwards he would encourage me say you know why you you, you you did a great job great comments so it, it feel like you're being appreciated and your comments your feedback is true truly matters to to him mm-hmm. wow thank you so much for, for for that and that's that's a very interesting one kudos to david for you know um providing a platform for this amazing woman and helping to helping her to shine and helping her career to take flight. So thank you, David, if you're listening to this. Um, I will from, for sure like him to listen to this, David. <laughs> from, one, from one David to the other. <laughs> yeah, from one David to the other David. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. So now let's talk about the fact that you're a visible minority. How has your multicultural 
and gender background has helped in your journey or how has it ended your journey? Yeah, that's, that's a very, very good question. Um, first of all, I have to say, since I joined the workforce, I actually never really spend much time thinking because I'm a Chinese woman. <laughs> I would face many, many, many challenges. <laughs> what does that mean? What does you're a Chinese woman mean? What does that mean? Yeah, because I don't view myself. I just view myself as an employee, right? Okay. I never think about um, I have the gender issue. I'm going to face the gender issue. I'm going to face the uh, the, the nationality issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because when I was a kid, my mother was always taught me to impress everyone with hard work, mm-hmm. loyalty, and, uh, and a great quality of the work. Mm-hmm. So um, later, when I face the career challenge and sometimes the client challenges, I always try to uh, view those as, as problems and then try to solve those problems versus being unhappy and complaining about people don't take me seriously mm-hmm. because of my gender and because of multicultural background. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, as a matter of fact, particularly over the past 10 years, mm-hmm. I think our unique especially me, people like you and me, Mm -hmm. our unique background has provided me so many great opportunities to build Mm -hmm. my personal brand Mm -hmm. and to stand out in the very, very competitive management consulting industry Mm -hmm. um, and give me this very broader perspective, the global perspective Mm -hmm. to pursue, you know, the, our passion projects on the side. Mm -hmm. And because I said, you know, your first question was talking to me, I'm being the very few Chinese woman as a management partner, management consulting firm partner that is already making me stand out mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i don't need to compete with everybody else it mm-hmm. gave me the story it gave the attract the attention to help me to build a personal brand mm-hmm. so i always feel those are really really great strengths you know versus as being a challenge mm-hmm. um and then one more other thing i want to i want to mention is um, by 20 i think it's 2036 Mm-hmm. Over thirty percent of the Canadians will belong to the visible minority group. Mm-hmm. So, according to a research report I read, a household the household sorry the household spending growth among the Chinese and South Asian households mm-hmm. is actually three point six times greater mm-hmm. than the average Canadian households. Mm-hmm. So, those are the key economic factors have made a lot of Canadian organizations realize the importance of capture the newcomer market mm-hmm. and invest in this growth opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, of course, this, this kind of uh, population and the consumer landscape change mm-hmm. have provided so many opportunities for somebody like me mm-hmm. who understand the both sides of the world mm-hmm. um, and be able to, you know, to produce the newcomer strategies for organizations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, again, I want to go back to the mentorship and uh, the importance of mentorship and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Because we were not born in Canada, mm-hmm. and we came to this country, we don't have any network of the close professional partners. Mm-hmm. So being able to identify who could be your mentor and who could be your sponsor in the workplace is more important, is a really, really important skill you need to have. Mm-hmm. And if you need, if you know how to leverage this, I can mm-hmm. guarantee you, you will, will bring you great results and help you to pursue a very successful career in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, in summary, I always feel being a Chinese woman in Canada as a unique strength for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, the key, really, how we're going to leverage this, right? Finding our own voice, building the confidence, learn to 
learn to tell our story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important. Learn to tell our story, to build our personal brand, and then continuously to provide the highest highest quality of the work. And I think if you can do this, I really believe you're going to have a very successful career in Canada. That, that's that's very brilliant what you've shared there. And that leads me to a follow-up question to what one of the things you said. You said you, you, you said cultivating a mentorship and sponsorship relationship mm-hmm. is an important skill to have. Now the question is, how do I cultivate that mentor mentee relationship? How do I cultivate it in a way that it doesn't come off to the mentor that you know I'm I'm looking, I'm just you know looking for to get something. I want it to be a, a symbiotic relationship where both parties involved are benefiting from that relationship. How do I make that happen? You know, David, what you said is really bent on. It's a mutual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, the common mistake we are making is we met some, we meet somebody at a networking event or write something to, to LinkedIn and say, hey, I want to meet you. I want to have a coffee chat. And then you forget about it. Mm-hmm. So you think about those mentee, the, 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 not mentee, those mentor, they actually spend time to respond the email back to you, mm-hmm. to spend an hour from their busy schedule to meet with you, to have coffee chat. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and forget about the conversation and never go back to all those people again. Mm-hmm. Why people will pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. Human, human nature, human emotion you know, the close relationship between human beings is all built upon that relationship, mm-hmm. that emotional mm-hmm. emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think the ability, I think the two abilities, first skills is you need to, you need to be able to identify who will be your mentor. Mm-hmm. And that not necessarily is just doing like the cold calling or whatever. I think mm-hmm. you need to be more smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> co-calling is uh, every day you're sending a message on, on LinkedIn and say, I want to meet you, but who the, you know, who will do that? Most of the mentors, they won't have time to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I receive those kind of uh, message almost every day through the LinkedIn. I ignore mm-hmm. the most because most of the messages have no sincerity mm-hmm. has, has not customized to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, the message is like a template. Mm-hmm. They just send a template to you. So why mm-hmm. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You don't even spend time to understand who I am. And then you send a message. I want to have coffee with you. Mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so number one is truly uh, you have to, uh, if this is the person you truly want to meet, mm-hmm. then please pay attention to, mm-hmm. and please make some efforts to know who they are mm-hmm. and please write a good email and to attract their attention, to be more sincere, mm-hmm. to, to let the other people feel like I have to meet this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really number one. Mm-hmm. And number two is once you build those relationships, you, you have met that person, is actually how you actually maintain the relationship mm-hmm. and slowly to leverage that relationship and bring you, bringing you the results. Mm-hmm. Because nobody through one meeting will give you some things. Mm-hmm. As I said, human relationships, relationships are emotional based. Mm-hmm. So you need to know how to build that kind of close relationship winning the trust of the of your mentors mm-hmm. and once you that once you have done that mm-hmm. it will be very interesting your mentors sometimes when the opportunity happens to them they were instantly thinking about you is how you identify the mentor the the second is really how to maintain the relationships and yeah. building that win-win relationship 
Yeah, I, I, I like the way you, you explained it in a detailed format. All right, thank, thank you so much for that. Um, so we are, we are almost at the tail end of our conversation. You've talked about, you've talked to us about mentorship. You've spoken to us about the challenges you had. You've spoken to us about your hopes moving to Canada. You've told us about how we working women, you know, evolved and came to what it is today. Um, so now I would, I would love to, to understand some of the great resources that have helped you along your, your career journey. Yeah. You know, we all need this kind of a energy booster, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in order to go on with many things we are doing in life, mm -hmm. in professional uh, jobs, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, even to the family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important you build a, a strong supporting system, mm -hmm. whatever you want to do, not just a system, but something make you feel being energetic and, uh, and being informative and being a better person every single day. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say the, the first is really my partners at Level 5. Um, mm -hmm. I mentioned Level 5 several times in this podcast conversation because Level 5 is truly the best company I've ever worked in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have learned so much, not only from the founder, David Kincaid, but from the other partners and my colleagues there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the reason I said that is because we really truly respect each other mm -hmm. and uh, help each other. Mm -hmm. It has been such a joy to work with this group of not only smart, but genuine people in mm -hmm. the past, uh, for the past 17 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I think second is really to build a close relationship with like-minded people. Mm -hmm. um, so we can talk about and share the same challenge and opportunities and discuss how we can overcome. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the reasons I built the We Working Women. So we have a platform, we can share those kind of uh, professional tips, and then um, talking about how we can help each other to, to grow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I also think number three for me is I love to read, mm -hmm. but I don't read a lot of books because I don't have, uh, because I don't have time. Simply, I don't have time to finish a book. Okay. But uh, what I read now, every single day, I spend at least two hours to read. What I read is to quickly scan through like Apple, Apple News Plus every single day. Mm -hmm. And read all the business news, the political news, lifestyle, those kind of like, just I am truly a, um, a social media magazine junk, junkie. <laughs> 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 and uh, so reading the case studies, the new trends and the insights, mm -hmm. it really gave me a lot of inspirations to help me provide the professional advice to our clients and also give me the new ideas to make We Working Women a bigger platform. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, and don't laugh, is shopping. <laughs> <laughs> shopping has also helped me keep going, really yeah. helped me keep going. So retail therapy is one of the best things for me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's, that's a good one. And I like the fact that you're very honest about, you know, something that you find very interesting and you, you love mm -hmm. doing. So now imagine, let's, let's, let's go back to your, to your high school. You know, imagine that you and I were buddies in high school or we grew up in the same neighborhood and we know each other. Who are? Would I bet on who you are today? I don't think so. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was thinking about when I was in high school uh, in China. I mm. was such a shy girl. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I talked to the boys, I would instantly have the red face. 
Um, I was just not a confident person. You know, as I said, I, I don't like public speaking. I mm. always have, have anxiety. It was even worse at that, at that time when I was in high school. <laughs> um, so I think at that time, if you, um, if you ask me, um, if you ask me, you know, if you ask me if you have a few words to, to describe who I am uh, mm. when I was in high school, I would say I am very shy, mm-hmm. not cool at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and very ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, we already talk about a lot of my experience in New York, in Shanghai, and in Toronto, and now in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really do believe those has become the biggest asset um, to allow me to become who I am right now. Mm-hmm. So if we use the same three words to, 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 to talk about who I am, I would now I would say global, mm-hmm. professional, and passionate. Mm-hmm. So think about from the three words, shy, not cool, ordinary, to global, professional, and passionate. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is summarized, somehow summarized my life journey mm-hmm. when I was from a high, high school girl to who I am right now. Mm. wow that's beautiful um i like the way you narrated that and i like those three words um that you used to describe yourself before Mm -hmm. and the words you used to describe yourself now so to everyone listening don't believe the lie that who you are today is who you will be for the rest of your life as long as you're willing to put in the work just started Yes, you know, it's, exactly. It's, it's usually your success right now doesn't mean you're going to be end up end up having a successful career. Mm-hmm. You're going to win at the last. Mm-hmm. That's really is as you're winning. It's not in in the beginning stage of your of your career. In mm-hmm. the beginning of stage of your career, experience as much as you can, fail as much as you can, and don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. What the key here is to every time if you fail. Um, then try to understand why I did not succeed. Mm-hmm. What can I learn? Mm-hmm. What would be my key lessons? What mm-hmm. can I do better next time? Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that, your life will become better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. That's that's absolutely true. And I'm really, really excited, you know, uh, um, for those listeners, um, for those people that will listen to this episode. So finally, what advice would you give to someone trying to pursue a career similar to yours or even an immigrant or an international student trying to pursue a career similar to yours? Um, yes, um, I can give some advice. <laughs> um, first of all is always, always, always be the best of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of your gender, your race and nationality, People will always appreciate your commitment, hard work, and loyalty. So that's really number one. Number two, um, as I said in the um, in the early conversation we, we just had, um, being an immigrant is absolutely not a weakness. Mm-hmm. The key to find our own uniqueness and turn this into your own strengths. And then number three is understanding the importance of networking mm-hmm. and how to network. Mm-hmm. And mentorship and sponsorship would be critical, critical along our professional journey, mm-hmm. especially for somebody like us who doesn't, who, who do not have such a large network in a new country. Mm-hmm. Um, number four is to learn, overcome your own fear mm-hmm. and find your own voice. 
And I have to say, this is a graduation process. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. But if you can start earlier, um, you will be seeing much greater results later in in your career. But there's no such thing. It's going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I really want to say you have to enjoy what Canada can offer. Mm-hmm. Canada is such a diverse, diversified country, mm-hmm. and as immigrants, we should really spend time to learn the history and the culture of of Canada, mm-hmm. and trying to be a Canadian, mm-hmm. <laughs> not hanging there, mm-hmm. really trying to be a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Understand the dynamics of the Canadian culture, show the interest and appreciation of the culture. Mm-hmm. This will not only make you a more interesting person, but will also gain your Canadian colleagues' trust. And in return, it's going to build a stronger connection in the professional field. So wow. those are my advice. <laughs> and thank you so much, Hua, for your great contribution to the Fresh Start podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you, David, for inviting me. I really had a, a, a great time with you to answer those questions. And I was uh, preparing those, uh, those uh, you know, uh, for our recording today. I was thinking about my life journey Sometimes you look back, um, I feel really lucky and proud to be who I am. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartOrb. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.